Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 42. Today, Penny and I are going to talk about analyzing documentation to determine kinship kinships within a family. So it's kinship analysis. We've got uh, two case studies that uh, we have each been researching, and um, I think it's inter- it'll be very interesting. Um, but first, Penny, do we have wine? We do have a wine, of course. Of course. Did you ask, do we have a wine? Uh, so... I was recently in Portugal with my family, which is such a wonderful trip. I know so many people have been going to Portugal. Um, But while we were there, we had some vino verde. I think I'm saying that correctly. Vino verde. Um, So it's a green wine. It's it's not a a red. It's a white wine. It's a white wine, but it's green. And um, it was so delicious. So I uh, brought that back, or I didn't bring any back, but I brought the idea back to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, um, thanks for the wine. And um, we ended up with a bottle of Avelita Vino Verde, and it's delicious. It's sitting here in front of us. It's empty. That's Sadly. Amy drank it all yesterday without <laughs> Before sharing. the podcast. Yes. I didn't drink the whole bottle yesterday. But. Well, sure. <laughs> but anyway, we wanted to share that with you because it is delicious and y'all should try it. It's, and it's, it's readily available here mm-hmm. in the United States. And um, it's yes. delicious, especially, again, we're coming towards summer. Mm-hmm. We like to look at our European wines during the summertime. So we might be doing featuring yes. a couple more throughout right, the summer. So, so good. Oh, and good. I could yes. say, I could give a little description here. It's um, citrus. Color, young and balanced. This is from uh, one of the websites where you can get it. With a smooth and delicate bouquet, revealing hints of fresh fruit. In the mouth, fresh and vibrant. Ideal as an, um, as an appetizer. Yes, <laughs> it is ideal as an appetizer. Um, with pineapple and prawns or seafood, something like that. I just think so. wine is great to drink anytime. Yes. Really. I, you know, I, I agree. don't need a reason. Like now. Don't need an okay. occasion, so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the genealogy while we enjoy um, a new bottle of wine, <laughs> which I guess we will feature next time, um, on analyzing documents. And um, I've got a little um, family situation that I've started to look at, and I was trying to figure out who the father of Ruth Lusk was. Um, when she married, she was born um, in 1950, and when she married in 1970, she married under the name Ruth Lusk. Her father um, was listed as Loyal Lusk, born 1900, and her mother was listed as Helen Moore, born 1902. Well, I thought those, the birth years were a little funny. You know, um, Helen would have been 48, almost 50 years old when she was born. Um, But I also have her death certificate. She died in 2007, and on her death certificate, uh, it also lists um, that her father was Loyal Lusk and her um, mother was Helen Moore. So, um, you know, that's... Maybe. Right? Okay. Um, So I looked at the father, Loyal Lusk's obituary, and it said that he had two daughters. He had Jeanette and Ruth. So I looked at 
looked up Jeanette to add her to the family tree. Jeanette was born in 1922. So there's a almost a 30-year difference between these two daughters and almost a 50-year difference between um, my subject and the parents. So again, you know, not completely unheard of, but a little weird. Can you imagine if that was really true and that would be like, surprise! Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've heard of them 20 years apart, but, you know, 30? 30, yeah, exactly. So um, I thought, I just need to dig a little deeper yeah. here. Um, so I went to... Um, to look up Ruth's birth certificate. Um, her birth certificate is available um, in um, a, a free, an open, um, an open state for record. So I was able to get her birth certificate, and lo and behold, Ruth had two birth certificates. Haha. Um, she had um, a. At the time, I didn't know this, but I had to go. I had to go back later. But she does have her Ruth Lust birth certificate that lists Loyal and Helen. Um, it does list that they have another child. And um, that Ruth was like 40, or 48 years old when she had, I mean, not Helen was 48 years old when she had Ruth. Uh -huh. um, so I went and I looked at um, the sister, uh, Jeanette. And um, she um, had um, the same, no, yes, she had the same parents. She had um, Loyal and she had um, Helen. So I thought that was, um, actually, no, I take that back. I'm sorry. She did not have, I did not get her birth certificate. But um, you had two birth certificates. I had, I did find, I ended up finding another one for, for Ruth, um, with a completely different last name and different, um, parents. Was Jeanette the parent? Jeanette was listed as the mother. That's my guess. I was just so, thinking the timing right. seems to be right. Right. Okay. Because I had a different father. I thought I thought I had a different father for her. I thought I had a, a father called Paul Dunn. And in fact, there was the other birth certificate that um, lists Paul Dunn as the father and Jeanette. But Jeanette doesn't have the Lusk last name on this birth certificate. What? She has the last name Burrow. So is it this, you know, is the daughter really the mother? The mother? Is Ruth really the granddaughter of Loyal and Helen? You know, is and, Jeanette but, also adopted? Or but something? where the Burrow name come from, yeah. right? So I have to dig a little further. But both of these women, both the Ruth Lusk, are, are they the same people? You know, Ruth Lusk and Ruth Dunn have the same birth date. They're born in the same place. They're born um, the same doctor. Okay. You know, yeah. but one says you know that the parents have another child and they're in their late 40s, you know, he's 50, and the other one, she's, you know, in her 20s, they're both in their 20s, like and they have no children. like a doctor friend who something. Right. So is Jeanette the sister, the mother? Who's the daddy? We've got to keep looking. So uh, I keep looking at, um, you know, Ruth is only married once, so I have that marriage record that definitely shows Loyal and Helen, and that, that information matches her death certificate. <clears throat> But the birth certificates now show two different two different information. So this is really conflicting data that we need to um, just figure out what's accurate. So I looked toward to the, the sister slash possible mother Jeanette, and find that Jeanette was married four times. Wow! She was married four times before the age of thirty. Um, her first husband, uh, Mr. Peters. They married in 1942, and he, he died during the war, serving uh, in the Pacific. He died in 1945, so she was widowed. They had no children. Then she um, married a Mr. Crane in 1946, 
Um, they divorced less than a year um, into the marriage and no children. Then she marries Mr. Dunn in 1947, um, and um, they, he's the father of who I thought was, was uh, Ruth Lusk. And then she married again, uh, finally, for, because they divorced, finally for the third, fourth time, she married in 1950. But on the first, second, and fourth marriage certificate, she lists her parents as Loyal Lusk and Helen Moore. Of course, her last name in all of these um, marriage licenses is the prior husband's name, you know, so. Okay, so that's where that comes in. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So hang on. I'm mixing, I'm mixing them up here. So on, um, on the, um, on the first, the, the second and the fourth, she lists Jeanette Burroughs as her name or her dad's name is Burroughs. Like was, that was on the, the, one of the birth certificates, but then the marriage to Ruth's father, the man I think is Ruth's father. That's where she lists Loyal Lusk and Helen Moore. But Helen Moore is the mother of her on every single one of these marriage records. So Helen Moore is consistent throughout every document that I have here. Um, but the father changes. So I need to go back and I need to look at Helen Moore a little bit closer and find out was Loyal Lusk the only, the only spouse that she had. And in fact, I ended up finding out that she was married once before to a man named Charles Burroughs. There you go. They were married in 1919. So she was... 19 years old or 18 years old at the time. And then he um, died tragically in a um, manufacturing accident in 1923, which was the year after um, Jeanette was born. And so then after that, then Helen Moore married for a second time to this loyal Lusk. And so at some point, Jeanette uh, took on her stepfather's name and used her stepfather's name, and then at some point, probably uh, at some point within these marriages, uh, her daughter Ruth went to live with her her parents, the child's grandparents, and the grandparents raised her, and they must have changed her name at some point, and that's why there are two birth certificates for her. There's one with her biological parents, and then there's one for her maternal grandparents. So if she had been adopted, one birth certificate would have replaced the other. Because in most times, if someone's adopted, um, the birth certificate is changed and the original birth certificate is no longer made public. It's only the adopted birth certificate. So in this case, because she has two, I'm pretty confident that there has to be a court legal name change that was filed with the courts to change her legally to her grandparent, her maternal grandparents' names. So when I, st when I started out with Ruth Lusk, really she was born um, Ruth, Ruth Dunn, and her mother was Jeanette Burroughs, whose stepfather was Loyal Lusk. Yeah. That's I hope that makes, all, that makes sense. You know what? <laughs> it just makes you think, and I was, in my case, the one that I did, and Really and truly, we did these completely separately. We didn't tell each other what we were working on, and our stories are very similar, what we came up with. But you really, you almost need a chart. I mean, I was I was drawing on big pieces of paper to try to keep track of who is who and last names, you know, 
It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. But I kind of wonder about your Jeanette. Like, what was she like? She had four husbands. Yep. And her parents wanted to raise her child. Ended up raising her child. Now, apparently she did stay married um, to the last husband, Mr. Wood. Um, and as far as I know, they had no, no other children. They just uh-huh. had, um, she just had um, the one child, Ruth, who again was raised by um, her grandparents, Loyal Lusk and Helen Moore. Loyal Lusk being actually her step-grandfather mm. because her biological grandfather um, was killed um, when her mother was just a baby. And um, But it's also interesting that of her four marriages, she lists her grandfather on only one of them as the parent, and then she lists her biological father on the other three. So why did she, why was she, what was going on during that time um, that yeah. she changed um, the name, yeah. you know, of her parents? Yeah, so many stories, yeah. Because she got married again after that one, yeah. and she went back to the biological father listing him. So... Um, very, very strange. So really you need to be looking not only at your ancestors documents, but you need to be Mm -hmm. looking at the entire family and really making sure that you get all of those documents. Mm -hmm. Don't be, you know, just get one document and say, okay, well the marriage record and death record, well they match. So it must be true. You have to take it a step farther and really look at all of those documents, um, to make sure that you are on the right track because these types of family stories then, um, get lost. Right. That's that's so true. What do you have? So the story I have, um, I was doing some research for one of my friends because as as we've told everyone, we're going to Connecticut to do some research, and she's got some people in her line um, in Connecticut. I thought, well, let me just look through there and see if there's anything. This wasn't Connecticut, but as I was plugging in some some things, some, you know, dates, whatever, I came up with this interesting Interesting configuration. So we're going to start with um, Betty Stradling, who was born in 1926 in Indiana. And she has her parents listed as Fred and Clara. I'm going to say Clara instead of Clara, just because I know some Clara. Clara Stradling uh, in the 1940 census. Okay, so most of us would be like, yep, thing, got some parents, log it in. Um, Which is on, uh, when you look on... Ancestry, a lot of the trees that have this family, those are the parents that they list. So a lot of people are using this as the... Yes, these people are wrong. The parents. And they're all wrong. <laughs> all these trees are wrong. Um, so when you pull up the 1930 census, where Betty is four, she's listed also with Fred and Clara, but this time she's listed as Betty Newt, or um, mm-hmm. Betty Newt, as a niece. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it would seem uh, sometime between 1930 and 1940, Betty is adopted and the name changed to Stradling, or she's just you know taken in and changes the name. I don't know if there was any legal changing of names, but um, every document from there on out has her name as Stradling. It's on her Social Security Death Index application. No indication of Newt anywhere. It's like that was that was gone. Um, so my first guess is that Clara's. Maiden name might have been Newt, or she was married before, um, and maybe one of her siblings Pat, uh, had passed and she adopted the daughter. But the, um, the Social Security Death Index application for Betty, where her mother's name is listed as Clara Com, not Newt. So C-O-M-M. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, just very similar to right, yours. Exactly. These women having these last Different names. names right. What's happening? And where do, where do these names come from? Yeah. So Clara 
is listed in the 1910 census as a stepdaughter to Palmer Newt and his wife Myrtle. And there's also a son, um, Joseph Newt. And apparently Palmer and Myrtle only had one child, Joseph. And then um, this Clara, who is the um, stepdaughter. So if Clara's the stepdaughter, it has to be what, uh, Myrtle's daughter from a previous marriage to be the stepdaughter mm -hmm. for Palmer. Okay, so she's not in the 1920 census, or she's not in the 1920 census with the Newts. And my guess is she's married at that point, although I can't find either, uh, she marries this Fred Stradling. I can't find a Fred Stradling or a Clara Stradling um, in a 1920 census anywhere. So it must mm -hmm. be badly misspelled or something. Right. And it's gonna, just we're going to require a little bit more digging, and I just didn't have time to do it for this. Um, but it's looking like Clara is a child from her mother's first marriage. So on Clara's stepbrother Joseph's birth certificate, his, uh, her mother is listed as Laura Myrtle Zenner Newt. Nothing saying calm on there, okay, so for a last name. However, once I knew that her last name, her maiden name was Zenner, um, I found a marriage record between a Laura Myrtle Calm and O. Palmer Newt. Oh, there you go. Okay. So that, that <clears throat> mm -hmm. answers that. And on Clara and Fred's uh, marriage certificate, her parents, which I did find, are listed as J. Calm and Myrtle Calm. So the same people. Now we have a dad, J. Mm -hmm. with the, that's the letter J, not the word, not the okay. name J. Mm -hmm. So at this point, we know that Betty Newt was not a straddling and... Clara Com was not a newt. And <laughs> pause, pause, have some wine. <laughs> okay, so trying to figure out who Clara's father was. Um, one of the treaties had a John G. Com listed with the link to find a grave where he had died the same year that Clara was born and was only 25. That makes sense. Okay. Okay, so then this, um, and they lived in the same area. I don't have any other documents to prove this, mm -hmm. but... It just, it kind of fits in. And it also seems logical that Betty is Joseph Newt's daughter from a first marriage. So that's the stepbrother to Clara. Um, and he's the Newt. Okay. So, but now i got to find out, did Joseph have a first marriage? So he's, okay. So after all this, and the tree is about Betty, I can't even use Clara and her line. She's like, mm -hmm. she's gone. She's mm -hmm. irrelevant to all of this because I'm just right. looking at Betty. So, bye-bye. Right. She's Clara. not the original. She's yeah. not the mother. Okay. Um, so we go back to the Newts and to Joseph specifically. And most of the trees have Betty's parents as Fred and Clara, which I said, and that's not, not true. So I did find Joseph marrying a Dorothy, and they have a son named Charles. And in the 1930s, he's, uh, in the 1930s, he's still living with his parents. But in the 1940s, he's married to Dorothy. Um and Betty is with his stepson, uh, with his stepsister. But still, I don't have a wife at this point. And this is when I went back to the family trees um, just to look because there was one um, that listed a different name or listed a name for another spouse. And I thought, well, let me see what right. that is. Mm -hmm. You know, always getting clues from people who might put that there. So the new spouse name was Lempy. A Newt, yes, Limpy. And I put that name into a search, and um, find I found a death certificate listing this person, and with Joseph P. Newt, 
as the husband. And what's this person's first name? Lempy. But it, it's short for Olympia. But oh. everything listed there is Lempy. The death certificate is Lempy. This it's woman went Olympia. through her entire life Lempy. Calling, being called Lempy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she died, well, it wasn't an entire life. She died in 1928. She died oh. two years after Betty was born. Oh. So Joseph and Betty apparently are living with his parents. The sister, Clara, gets married, and she takes Betty as her own to raise her with her husband. Joseph gets married later to this other woman and has a family. Um, so after all of that, and I finally get all the names in that are correct, I found a birth certificate pops up for Betty Newt, right? That couldn't pop up at the beginning right. when I was searching, yeah. right? No, yeah. after mm-hmm. I do all of this, confirming that Joseph and Lempy are her parents. And um, the Stradlings are not the line to research. So Stradlings are gone off of this tree. So how are Clara, is Clara related in some way? So Clara is, um, she's a stepsister to Joseph. She's oh, the mother's okay. child from a first okay. marriage. Okay. So she's a step. And she and aunt. her husband raise her stepbrother's mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Right. They're yeah. not. They're not really I mean, biologically they're sort related. Of yeah, related. Right. But not, mm-hmm. not they're raised in the same household. Right. Yes. Right. But you know, requires mm-hmm. the chart to, mm-hmm. to see where all these people are because mm-hmm. you know. As all you researchers know, mm-hmm. it gets really confusing when there's a lot of name changes. Right. And well, and we even saw it here on mine. I had the same woman has two different birth certificates with two different sets of parents and two different last names. So again, and if you can't find both of those birth certificates, you just find one. That's right. what you're going sure. with, thinking, right. "Oh, this is it. This is mm-hmm. the birth certificate." Right. You've got to at least look for consistency throughout, and if there are any. Uh, discrepancies, or there are any things that any any data that contradicts each other, you have to keep looking further. You can't just say, "Well, that's one off," so I'm just going to put that one to the side. All these rest of these, you know, you have to figure out why that one piece of data is incorrect. Right, <clears throat> right, and find and find something else to support it, exactly. or a few other things yeah. to support yeah. that theory. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, you know. Finding some, like, oh, you know, when a question like that pops up and you're like, why is that? Right. And it's almost more fun to do the research yourself than than have somebody else's tree already answer the question for mm-hmm. you because it's like, mm-hmm. no. And I always, I always question, how do they know that? <laughs> you know, if they don't have the documents in their tree, I need to find out for myself and find all those documents to prove. Absolutely. To prove it. I mean, you use the trees to get possible names, but then you went and took those names and then tried to document and, and, and match up the documents yes. to, to see if those those names were, in fact, accurate or and led to anything else. And it, and it helped. helped. Yeah. Right. So, good job. So, so that was fun. It's, you know, with women, it's so difficult because we change our names mm-hmm. often uh, with multiple marriages and um, with children, you know, parents dying young, being taken in by other families. Whether it's a legal adoption or not, they end up, it's just easier to take on the family name. And um, they can get, we can lose our ancestors that way Absolutely. to other families. So, yes. good job. So, get those documents out, reanalyze them. And you should, every time you get a new piece of information on an ancestor, you should go back and look at that and analyze that piece of information along with all the rest of the information you already have. Are there, is there any, does this piece of, this new document, shed light on any questions you had on prior documents 
or does it answer any new questions or does it raise more questions? Again, comparing it to what you already know. Yes, because so. it's, it's amazing the things that are coming up on online research these days. I mean, you're, I'm finding things that have never come up before and all mm -hmm. of a sudden here's mm -hmm. a new document. Sure. Wow. <laughs> right. I mean, it, that. Um, I think on, um, on Eastman's, um, on his um, online newsletter, he always, you know, tries to keep everyone up to date on what's, uh, what new databases are being uploaded to Ancestry or Family Search or um, MyHeritage, you know, but you can go on to those websites if you have subscriptions and look and they will tell you, I mean, Ancestry tells you, these are the new, the, the new set document sets or um, data sets that have been uploaded since the last yeah. time. And, but, you know, it's funny because, you know, Penny, you could be at your house looking on Ancestry and I could be at my house looking at Ancestry and we can be looking at the same person. And sometimes we get different results. We do. Yes. You know? And that true. happens to me a lot at work. You know, I have a researcher in one place looking at it and I'm looking at it and we pull up, you know, she's like, I don't see that. I'm like, but I see that. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Just one little, one piece of data different and a whole other set of... Um, and I always, and I know we've said this a million times, come but up. go over to Family Search as well. You know, when you are looking... Especially I for marriages. Always look for the same... They have the best marriages. Yes, the yeah. same person on mm -hmm, both sites. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Because you never know what's going to pop up yeah. there that you didn't see on the other one. And drill into the catalog. On Family Search, there's so much there, but a sometimes you have to go to the catalog. And if I can't find something, I will go into the catalog and I will put the state and then the county and pull up all the records that FamilySearch has for that county. And sometimes it's easier than to drill in that way. And then you go to Vital Records and then you look to see what they have that might be online. And then sometimes you have to go and look at the actual microfilm indexes there rather than putting the name in because sometimes the names aren't indexed correctly. But FamilySearch has a lot of digitized information there. So just don't put the just don't put it in your search. You know, if it pops up with the search, that's great. But also go and use that catalog yeah, and learn to absolutely. use the catalog a little better because um, there's just I mean so much information there. And there, really I'm sure there's website. a lot of um, uh, they have a great wiki too on how to do everything mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. utilize that too. absolutely. But um, yeah, but Ancestry um, they're every all the time adding more and more more and more data. So it's a really interesting yeah. things too. So keep well. keep. Carry on with your research. Yep. And until next, next time, time. Oh, next time we're going to be talking about our upcoming trip, right? Yes. So on our next podcast, we will be discussing what we've done to prepare for our trip to um, New Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes. All right. So until next time. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.